Welcome to the Saint Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Our vision is to bring hope, and I hope this encourages you wherever you're listening. Enjoy. Good evening, everyone. Come on. How are you all doing? Anyone else getting sunburnt? <laughs> is it just me? Cool. Um, amazing. So, as, I mean, Naya's given a great introduction, but I'll just do it again because it's part of my talk. Um, <laughs> for those who haven't had a chance to meet yet, my name's Kaz. Um, as Naya said, I head up the worship here at Saint, um, which basically means I get to hang out with these guys all the time, and they're wonderful. Um, it's a lot of fun. I've been here five years now in September, which is crazy. And um, I'm also married to a lovely man called Robin, who is a vicar in the Church of England. He, is, um, he actually helps lead one of the locations um, across the way in West Ham, which is where we live. And it's a lovely time. There we go. A bit about me. There we go. Um, say again. I also have a dog. Thank you for running us now. If you were here last time I preached, actually, you know what? I, last time I preached here, I showed us some photos. He's a St. Bernard. He's like a 60 kilo, 10, he's 10 months. He's not even fully grown yet. And he's a, he's a wonderful boy. I actually spoke at a youth, a youth conference that we run here called Youth East. And I actually brought him on stage. Which, you know what, if I get asked to preach again, I might do the same. So um, hold tight, just because it happens. Anyway, we digress. Um, today, I'm going to talk to you guys about the Holy Spirit, which is a lot of fun. And the reason why I want to talk to you guys about it today is because, well, firstly, it's really important, but also it's Pentecost Sunday today, which, woo, yeah, I know. So for those who don't know what that means or you've forgotten, that's okay. I'm going to remind you now. So Pentecost Sunday is um, a celebration and a reminder of when God sent his Holy Spirit down to his people on the day of Pentecost. So just give you a little bit of briefing. It's in the book of Acts if you want to read it, a bit of homework when you get home. But basically what happens in Pentecost is that uh, Jesus died, he rose again, spoiler alert, and then he comes to his people and he says, I'm alive, I'm here, he shows the scars, he says, I'm resurrected. And then he says, I'm now going to go and be my father in heaven. But do not worry, don't freak out, because in three days' time, I'm going to send my Holy Spirit. And so he goes up into heaven, he ascends to heaven, and three days later, the disciples have met together in a room, and they're praying and they're worshipping, just like we were just doing then, and the Holy Spirit falls in the most powerful and deep way that basically has changed the landscape of church forever. That is how the church was, the church was born. It was birthed by the impartation of the Holy Spirit. So today's a big day. Today's like the church's birthday. There you go. Happy birthday, us. And um, you know what? Today I was thinking about, I was going to plan on preaching on that story, but actually I'm not going to do that because firstly, you should just go read it. It's a brilliant story. But what I want to talk about today isn't what happened, isn't something that happened a thousand years ago. I don't want to kind of like look at the good old days of when the Holy Spirit fell. I want us to look at what the Holy Spirit can do within and through me and you today. Sound good? On like Sunday the 28th of March, um, March, golly, no, oh, May, um, 28th of March at 6.52pm, the Holy Spirit is just as present as he, is, was, as he was back then, as he is today, amen? So I want us to look at that together. And the reason why this is so important is because we need to understand who we are welcoming when we say, come Holy Spirit. Like you'll hear us say it loads of times in this church. You'll hear, it, hear us sing about it as well in the songs. Like, come Holy Spirit, come and be with us, come meet with us. We prayed it earlier. But I think it's really important that we know who we're welcoming in. I think it's important to understand the nature of what the Holy Spirit does, who he is, 
And so when we ask him to come, we know what to look out for. We know what to expect when we invite him in. Um, a little bit of a story for you guys. About three months ago, I took my very first driving test. And um, woo, can I ask? I, th- I think I'm not, I didn't grow up in London, so maybe this isn't a thing. But I, I know a lot of Londoners that haven't got their license. Has anyone here not got their license? No shame here. Okay, good. We're still a minority, but I'm with you guys because I still haven't got mine. <laughs> Spoiler alert, I failed it. So I'm going to tell you the story anyway. So I had my driving test and... The lead up to it, I was feeling really confident. My like, driving instructor was really encouraging. He like, made me feel like I was like an absolute legend. So I like, kind of walked in feeling really confident and um, had the test in Chingford. And they basically, basically kind of encourage you, for those who are thinking about taking a test, take it as further outside of London as you can. Because <laughs> driving in London is hell. But driving in like Essex is quite nice. So went to my driving centre. And I remember it was on Monday, straight after a really powerful Sunday here at church, at like the 6 p.m. I remember... It was like the worship went on for ages. It was beautiful. So I remember feeling particularly fired up on that Monday morning, okay? I was feeling particularly confident in my walk with Jesus. And I remember saying to myself, I was like, imagine if I could evangelize to my driving instructor. I'm my driving test examiner person. How amazing would that be? So I'm sat in the waiting room. For those who don't know what it's like, you sit in a waiting room in like this sort of feels like an office room. And then there's like 10 of you, for example, 10 people that are going to take a test. And then all the examiners walk out at once and they call your name and then you go forward and you go with them. And these examiners nowadays, it's crazy what the world is, have like body cams on. It's like really intense. And they all walked in and there's like eight, nine, like big burly men that like walk in and you're like, oh gosh, rather like intimidating. And I was the only girl in the center. And then the sweetest little lady like shuffles in and she was like, Caroline? And I was like, yes. And I was so pleased. It's my name, by the way. Caroline's my full name. I was so pleased because I thought, great, I've got a woman. She seems really sweet. She seems like, we're going to get on really well. I'm going to distract her by like having lots of conversation with her because she was really chatty. So anyway, fill in all the forms. I get in the car with her. We're chatting away. I pass all like the first sort of like questions that we need to do. And then we get on the road and we're driving along and I'm like chatting. And she says to me, so what do you do? And I go, well, I work for a church in East London and I'm married to a vicar and it's wonderful. Let me tell you about Jesus. And as I'm talking to her, I almost crash into a car. (laughs) Now... Now, I actually didn't know I was going to fail until she grabbed the wheel. And that's when I knew. (laughs) When your driving test examiner grabs the wheel and slams the brakes, that's when you know. And and it was quite funny because as I was telling her about like my walk with Jesus and how much much he's changed my life and and I'm married to a vicar, it's wonderful. As I was talking about that, she grabbed the wheel and I let out rather loud swear word, (laughs) which probably undid all the things I just said to her about Jesus. Anyway. The reason why I tell you that story, um, I've got another test book in September, so if I speak again, I'll let you know how it goes. Um, the reason why I tell you that story is because I'm, so, I'm actually so pleased it didn't pass me because I'm not a safe driver, clearly. I clearly have stuff to learn. And, I, and it's important that when I get into a vehicle, I understand how to use it, right? It's important that I know how to drive a car. And so today as the church, as we try and steward the Holy Spirit in our day-to-day lives and also on a Sunday, it's really important that we learn how to steward him. Is that fair? Okay, cool. We're going to jump into the Bible. So we're going to read Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 to 19. A bit of context. It's written by a guy called Paul. Um, This is post-Pentecost day. So these guys are like, basically in the position that we're in, we're like, the Holy Spirit's showing up and we're trying to figure out what to do when he does and and what he does. This is all very new for them. And it might be really new for some of us as well. So I think it's a really helpful passage to look at. I'm going to read it. It should come up on the screens. Here we go. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. 
I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and how high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses all knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Amen. So I'm going to whiz through three things that I've picked up from this passage that the Holy Spirit does. Number one, if you're a note taker, feel free. Number one, the Holy Spirit strengthens. The Holy Spirit strengthens. Verse 16 says this, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. For so long, and I've been a Christian for a while, for so long, I used to think that the Holy Spirit was an extra add-on <laughs> to the Trinity. When I think about God the Father and the Holy Spirit, um, sorry, God, oh gosh, Father the Son <laughs> and the Holy Spirit, I used to think like, oh, you know, buy two, get one free sort of thing. The Holy Spirit's a nice little add-on and I'd like often go to him in crisis sort of thing. But I never really acknowledged the Holy Spirit as his own. But when you actually look at the Bible, the Holy Spirit is there at the very beginning of time. It talks at the beginning of Genesis, it says that the, the, that the waters were desolate and the Holy Spirit hovered over the waters. And then we see again, he actually fills the Old Testament prophets with dreams and visions of what's to come. And then you see again in the New Testament, he fills Jesus. He fills Jesus again and again and again. And then we see him fill the disciples again and again and again. And he is here today to fill us again and again and again. So the Holy Spirit isn't just his extra add-on. He is the real deal. He's the real thing. So when we say that he strengthens us, this is really important. And I don't know whether you find this, I'm going to put my hand up for this one, but I can do a little straw poll. Who here often feels really weak and discouraged in their faith? Wonderful. If, you're, if you don't put your hand up, then good for you, honestly. You can pray for us later. But, um, <laughs> but honestly, I often, and it doesn't take much as well to be discouraged in your faith, right? You like, have to open the BBC News app and you see like the world's in chaos. You have to open your like mobile banking app and I'm discouraged. And about you guys. Monzo's the worst. I have a joint, this is a separate side now. I have a joint account on my husband and like the, the, like, the guilt I feel whenever I tap and I know he gets a notification on his phone, it's like the worst. Um, sometimes I'll like go on my personal Monzo just so he doesn't see it anyway. That's a confession right there. He's probably watching this online going, oh, okay, that's where our money's going. Um, oh gosh. Anyway, sorry, where was I? But we are promised, we often feel discouraged and weak, sorry. We often feel discouraged and weak in our faith, but the Holy Spirit has promised us that he will strengthen us so we can withstand anything and everything. So if, if you and me aren't waking up every morning and being like, Holy Spirit, I need you, then the day that, that we're not going to be walking, we're going to be operating in our own strength. We're not going to be operating in the strength that has been freely given to us by him. You see, the Holy Spirit is not a crutch for when you have a limp. The Holy Spirit is the heartbeat that brings you from death to life. The Holy Spirit is the intrinsic, most important thing for us as, daily, as Christians that walk day to day, that we haven't got Jesus incarnated in front of us. We haven't got the tabernacle like the Old Testament Jews did. We have the Holy Spirit to rely on and speak to every day. So that's number one, the Holy Spirit strengthens. Number two, the Holy Spirit dwells. Verse 17 says this, He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your heart's through faith. 
See, what the Holy Spirit does, He doesn't just strengthen, He enables us to open our hearts out so that that Christ can come and dwell in us. However, this is sort of like a flip, it's the other side of the coin when I come to this point here because in order for us to be filled with our hearts, we need to be emptied. And I don't know whether you guys have ever watched, you might be a parent here today, but if you've ever watched a parent wrestle a kid at dinner time, have you ever seen that happen? I've watched it many times, lots of my friends have kids. Because what happens, they're cooking dinner and it gets to like 10 minutes before dinner's ready and the kid goes, I want a snack. I want a snack, I'm hungry, can I have some chocolate, can I have some crisps, can I have some cookies, whatever's in the fridge. And the parent says to them, no, you can't have it because I'm about to cook you a nice meal. And this this meal is full of goodness and that stuff is full of junk. And if you eat that stuff now, you're going to fill yourself up and there's not going to be any room left for the good stuff that I provided for you. And this really reminds me of what kind of God is saying to me all the time. He's like, Kaz, if you fill your heart with anger, pride, anxiety, self-righteousness, self-reliance, then you're going to say, come Holy Spirit, and there's not going to be any room for me. So we need to empty ourselves. We need to empty ourselves of the things that we have put in our hearts. You know, we've got a throne in our hearts. Jesus should be on it, but often we let other things get on there. And that's not a conviction. I've been there, done that. Like, honestly, it's never worth it. We fill our hearts with things that we think are good for us. And then we say, come Holy Spirit, and he's got nowhere to be. So when we say, Lord, come fill me, come and dwell in my heart, we need to empty ourselves first. And I love that it says it in, in the passage, it says, um, what does it say? It says, uh, through the Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ can dwell. So the Holy Spirit comes, he empties stuff out of our hearts that we don't really need anymore, or things that we've placed on the throne of our lives. And he comes and he puts Christ in the center. And also just on this point as well, just another thing that's quite important that when we do that, our hearts are the wellspring of life. It talks about it quite a lot in the Bible, that the, our heart is the wellspring of life. So whatever is in you will flow out of you. So if you've got anger in your life, if you've got anger in your heart, you'll flow out anger. If you've got lust in your heart, lust will flow out of your heart. You've, you, know, you, you, could, you could write a whole list of these things. I think you'd get the picture. But when you have the Holy Spirit filling your heart and letting Christ come and reign and dwell in you, then you're going to walk out this room and radiate Jesus. Simple as that. So we're going to get an opportunity to pray in a bit for that. And the third thing I want to say um, is, yeah, my third point, is the Holy Spirit reveals. The Holy Spirit reveals. It says this in verse 18. I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. If there is one thing to take away from this evening's message, like just one thing, you can forget the rest of what I just said. Remember this, the Lord uses his Holy Spirit to reveal his love for us. That's it. He loves to remind you and me, his children, his beloved people, he loves to reveal his love to us again and again. That's what the Holy Spirit does, to, for us to grasp just how deep and wide and high and long is the love of Christ. And I just want to finish on a quick story. Um, a couple of us from the staff team here got a chance, a bizarre chance to go to Kentucky last week. And so um, a few of us went, and it was very, very kind. They went to a conference there, and they kind of 
got in touch with Alan and said, we'd love to have some of your young people here. We'd love to pay for them to come, which was amazing. So we kind of got flown out to Kentucky um, last weekend on Saturday, on Sunday. And we came back on Friday. And um, hence why I'm really jumbled because I'm really jet-lagged. And um, so apologies for that. I'm going to sit down, actually. And um, one of the things that... Um, one of the things that we were there, we were basically there sort of to help. So I, I led a bit of worship, some of the team, and we like, shared, like you know, led some small groups together. And it was really for young adults, like 18 to 25-year-olds. We were just there to sort of just help and serve. And while we were there, we had a talk on the love of God. And if I'm honest, I was like, yeah, been there, done that. I know the love of God. When I became a Christian, I was through with it. Like, I know I'm loved. I walk in that confidence every day. And so we were sort of half listening to the talk, but, you know, wanted to, like, set a good example, you know. So I was like, have my notebook out. And um, we were chatting about the love of God. And I was sat next to Nye, actually. He was just hosting with me a minute ago. And the speaker said to us, hey, um, turn to your neighbour and chat about what's the one of the things that stops you from receiving the love of God in your life? Like, what are some of the things that stops you from receiving his love? So I turned to Nye, and I was a little bit like, oh, I'm feel, I feel good, I feel confident in this. But actually, the more I began to talk, the more I began to realise how warped my idea of the love of God was in my life. I was saying to things tonight like, oh, no, I feel like I am loved, but, you know, like particularly love when I lead worship or like particularly love when I read the Bible or like I feel particularly love when I've had a good run of prayer in my life or, um, you know, if, if I choose to like pick up my journal to pray rather than pick up my book, he loves me more. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, sort of like the sort of the transactional love. I sort I, I sort of believed that God was God had on my life. And the more I was talking to her, the more now I was like, oh gosh, like pastoral red flags going back of her head, being like, <laughs> you've got some twisted ideas of what the love of God is. Anyway, and I was leading worship that night, so we kind of like got to ministry time, which we'll get to in a bit. And um, they were like, all right, so worship when you come up. And so I like sauntered off off stage, and I remember it was so funny. And this is what the, this is how kind the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit said to me, he, put, he sort of like put my gaze towards the altar, which is where people would knelt for ministry time. And he said, you should be there, not on stage. And I was like, nah, I'm good. So I like, so awful. This is like Christianity 101, not how to do it, by the way. I'm not, I'm not advising that you be disobedient to the Lord's voice because you'll see in a minute why. So I go on stage, I grab my guitar, start leading some worship. And bless, nice, so kind. She did, she did exactly this. I'm not sure the online guys can see this or not. I hope you can. She's like, she comes to the front of the stage and I'm leading worship here. And she, I just saw her like walk up and I just saw her go, she like beckoned me off stage and so I like come off stage and I'm like oh I hope she's okay take my guitar off thinking that she wants prayer so I was like nah I'm ready for you what do you need and then um, and then lo and behold she was like oh I think we should pray for you because you know what you shared to me was rather deep um, and I was like oh yeah actually that'd be, really, that'd, be, that'd be quite nice and so I put my guitar down and we got to the front and we knelt together and God honestly in all, I've never experienced this kind of love and I, guys, I've been a Christian for 20 years. I've got a degree in theology. I, like, I, I, I feel confident that I know my stuff relatively well. And I'd never experienced this kind of love before. And I just want to encourage you, if you're here today and you're like, yeah, I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt of my church. I, I, I know church. I know the love of God. Like, don't cut yourself out for this. And if you're here and you've never experienced it, obviously, we're going to pray for that as well. But... I share that story because the Holy Spirit was so kind that even though I ignored him at first, he still got me. And he moved through Nye. Like, Nye clearly had a heart open to the Lord and she was like, nah, we're going to pray for her. And so I came off stage and snotty cried for like an hour <laughs> at the front. Um, and and I, I, again, I just want to share this story because it just, honestly, the, the kindness of the Holy Spirit, it was so kind. He didn't have to do that. 
He could have shown up when I went home that night or, you know, he could have, he could have just reminded me the next time that I was in the ministry time. But he was just like, no, you need to be reminded how loved you are. You need to be reminded. And he, what the Holy Spirit does, he just, he points to the cross and he says, look, look what I've done. Look what Jesus did for you. Look what he did for you. And you know what, when, when I've heard talks on Pentecost and I've heard talks on the Holy Spirit, so often we go to the gifts, you know, like tongues and prophecy and all those things are amazing, don't get me wrong. But I genuinely think the most important thing that he does is that he reveals the love of God to us. Because then from that place, we can step into freedom. From that place, we can tell our friends about Jesus. From that place, we receive our security. Amen. I, I love us just to wait on him. And um, I, I'm that, that's me done. Um, so whatever you need to do, we're, we're going to stay seated for a bit. And if you want to just close your eyes, do whatever you need to do to sort of just focus yourself before God. And for you guys online as well, whatever, you just, whatever it takes just to get in a posture of prayer this evening. And Lord, we, we ask you to come. We ask, Holy Spirit, would you come and fall in this place? Come, Holy Spirit, we welcome you now. Just encourage you, just, just sit back and relax. You don't need to do anything to, you know, for him to come. Just, you can just, yeah, just sit there and receive. And as we wait on him, um, I just, just as I was sharing that story, I, just, I, I, I might be wrong, but I just feel like there might be some of us here today that just need, you just sort of listen to that story thinking, oh, I really want that. I want a fresh revelation of God. I want, the, kind of as if, if, as if, you, um, as if you've, you've, you've known his love before, but it's sort of just got a bit scratched and a bit unclear. And you want him just to sort of just like, I'm thinking of like a really bad analogy here, but sort of like if, you know, the iPhones and other phones have like a, a glass screen protector and just throughout the years it's got a bit battered and a bit bruised and then you peel it off and like you can see the screen really clearly. And I just feel like the Lord might just want to sort of peel off the, the scratched and the cracked screens of our lives, just the things in our hearts that we've just sort of like gotten battered and he wants just to come and reveal that his love again in a fresh way. And if that's you, I just want to ask you to be brave and just stand where you are. Um, everyone's got their eyes closed. You're not going to be outed or anything. But if you just want to have a fresh revelation of the love of God in your life, I'm just going to invite you to stand where you are. We'd love to pray for you. That's great. Thank you. That's great. Amazing. Amazing. And if you're on the team here, it's great guys, keep standing when you want. And if you're on the team here, can you just do a little lap around the room? Or if you're, or if you're next to someone and you've, 
you want to pray for them, just ask you want to lay a hand if they if you're happy for them to lay a hand on. And we don't need to pray any long prayers. We're just going to bless what the Lord's doing. Just say, "Come, Holy Spirit, more of you." more of you Lord thank you thank you that you're here and if you're next to someone you feel comfortable to pray for them feel free just to just to stand it's basically just standing next to them and just encouraging them and encouraging what the Lord's doing you don't need to say anything or do anything just help them know they're not alone And something that I had to do the other day when I was getting prayed for, I had to sort of repent of the things that I um, had thought of God that weren't true. <laughs> I had to literally be like, Lord, I'm so sorry. I thought that you were a God that only liked me when I did good things. <laughs> and so I just want to pray like a, a collective prayer that you're welcome to join with me just in your hearts. So you can echo it. If, if you're sitting and standing, this is all for us really, just a prayer of repentance, just to say, God, I'm so sorry that I've got it wrong. And I just... I want you back. I want you back on the throne of my life. So Lord, I just want to, as we sort of just collectively repent and confess that we have viewed you as a distant God or we viewed ourselves as unlovable. Lord, we're so sorry. We're so sorry. I'm sorry for when I view myself as unlovable and unworthy. I'm sorry that I've projected my earthly father onto my heavenly father. That might be a prayer for some of us here that just we've had a broken relationship with our, with our dad here on earth and we've projected that onto, the, onto Jesus that he's a broken man, but he's not. Lord, we're sorry. And as we've emptied our hearts, as we've sort of gotten rid of the things in our hearts and our lives that we've filled ourselves with, we say, come Holy Spirit. We pray that prayer that Paul prayed so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith, that we would be rooted and established in love so we could grasp just how high and how wide and how deep and how long is the Father's love for us, Lord. We're gonna we're gonna sort of slowly just kind of transition to worship. But if you're I just if you're here and you're like, oh, I really wish I, really wish I stood up and I feel like I've lost my chance. You haven't. There's lots of time. We're not going anywhere. If you just want, if you're like, oh, you know what? I just want to be prayed for. It doesn't need to be about love of God. It could be about anything. I just want to encourage you. Come and grab me, one of the leaders or the person you came with or the person next to you and just be like, can you pray for me? And for those who are praying, honestly, it doesn't need to be complicated. It's just, come Holy Spirit. Thank you for what you're doing. We just ask you to do more. That's all we need to do. The Lord will do the rest. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's Saint Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. And if you want to find out more ways of connecting or if you want to support the vision of Saint, you can head over to saint.church. 
For now, have a great week and we'll catch up really soon.